Thank you, Lord. You are worthy. And I'm sure we're all going to die. We're all going to be forgotten. But our lives, hopefully, they would have brought glory to you. And people remember you when they think of us. At least the generations that will follow that still might remember us. But Lord, that's what we want. You to receive the glory. For you alone are worthy. We were dead in our sins. And you gave us life. Your sword of the Spirit brings life to men who are willing to die to themselves. Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room and every one of us listening over the internet and every one of them that will be listening to the tape or the, the, the uh, message on down the line, Father, will be willing to give their life and heart to you for your glory because you are worthy. We praise your holy name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Matt. Beautiful, beautiful worship. Beautiful worship. It inspired me to, uh, oh, for those online, again, you're listening to Freedom Church. I know some people have just tuned in. But this is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're, you're listening. Stay tuned. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to do a review of two weeks ago. And, um, and um, then we're going to jump into verse 9. And we're going to go on to the 23rd verse of, of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But first, uh, you know, as Matt was singing, I'm thinking, like, man, you know, these songs we're singing or to the Lord, you know, when the Lord began his ministry, you know, he actually was quoting Psalm 61, the first few verses, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, listen, and we sang it today, to bring good news to the afflicted, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, to f- and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of God. That's what you are. That's what God calls you, a planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. You are an oak. For God. You know what an oak tree is? It's hard. It's solid. It ain't going nowhere. And you're solid. It's an an encouragement to us. And then if you go back to Isaiah 29, verse 18 and 19, it says the day of the Lord. In that day when the Lord comes the first time, the Messiah, the deaf will hear the words of a book. And out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see the afflicted will also increase in their gladness in the Lord. And the needy of mankind will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. (coughs) Excuse me. And we know that that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel. Uh, Just praise God. You know, for all you mourning, he brought gladness to you. So I I think of Joel chapter 3, verse 10, it says, 
Let the weak say, I am strong. Listen, you might be weak, but you're strong in Christ. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. That means you're an overcomer. It's written in Corinthians. Paul made sure of that. You're an overcomer in Christ. You're an ambassador for Christ. You're, you're princes in the kingdom of heaven. And praise God, we have to know that and be confident in who we are as believers in Christ. The world calls us fools, but God calls those who don't believe fools. I just heard Charles Stanley read that this morning. You know, uh, the world, the natural man is nothing but foolishness to him. And I'm going to be touching on that a little bit just on the review. But how many remember what we spoke on two weeks ago? Remember, Matt was speaking last week, did a fantastic job. You know, people walked out of here and people online had to hear, you know, that there's only one way to heaven. That's through Christ. Christ's penalty or Christ's sacrifice was enough to satisfy the very wrath of Almighty God. And for those of you who believe in him, the wrath has passed over you and onto him, and because he was holy and sinless, death had no dominion over him. So he just walked out of the grave, just as the scriptures say, three days later. So praise God. You remember what we you remember what we talked about two weeks ago? You don't have to show your hands because I know you forgot. I after forgot. We're all guilty. You know we walk out. That's why I always pray, Holy Spirit. Let us hear what you have to say to us and let us apply it to our life. And I believe you might not remember it, but I'm sure you probably applied some part of it to your life. The message was not home yet. Two weeks ago, we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, and we went up to the 8th or the ninth verse. And I named it, You're Not Home Yet, by something I read over the Internet. And I thought, you know, it fits, but it doesn't fit completely into this message and then I showed up at church, and here comes missionary Brett with two of his missionary friends from, uh, from their, their missionary trip to uh, Tanzania, Africa. And they had been there for like five, four, five weeks. And, uh, and their teams, there was over 100 of evangelists there, and over 300,000, I believe, were converted to Christ. Lots of them, most of them were Muslims. And I thought, you know, these guys work hard. You know, our, our good friend, that, uh, Brett Haney's, who comes to this church, you know, he left for the mission field years and years ago, spent seven years in Brazil. And, uh, you know, Matt and I went down to see him along with his mother and a few other people. And uh, we spent a lot of time ministering, and it was tiring we spent, I think, 10 days there, and we were working from morning till night. And I'm not kidding you. One service went till 4.30 in the morning. And people were healed, and people were delivered. These missionaries work hard. Well, Matt, uh, Brett brought two, two other missionaries with him that just came down here. One was from Australia, and then the other one was from Melbourne, Florida. And we know Brett's from Don. He's really uh, a missionary to Brazil, but he's home right now for quite a while, and he's going back into missions. That's what his calling. And they, you know, they get burned out. I know 
And I was in Brazil. We worked till wee hours in the morning, and I am not kidding you. The one night I had to be 4:30, and people were burning their witchcraft books, you know, to uh, before the Lord, and uh, things were happening. And I don't know if you believe this, but even demons were being cast out. Alcoholics turned away from their alcohol. People received Christ Jesus as their Savior. It was a, a, a blessed time. Well, missionaries get tired out. They just spent all those weeks in Africa, Tanzania, working every day, I'm sure. And, and they wonder, well, where's my reward? You know, where's my reward? These guys are young. But wait till they get 50, 60, maybe even 70 or 80 years old. They've been working all their lives, and they have really nothing to show for it because missionaries don't make a lot of money. They just depend on you to support them. So when they showed up, I knew exactly what God was going to say to them. Be encouraged, you young fellows. You might be working hard, but and your reward is in heaven. You're not home yet. You're not home yet. And they were being encouraged. After that, we had the front. They come up, and people were getting, getting healed up here at the altar. These missionaries were prophesying over us and praying over us to the point some people were healed and some, and some people were encouraged. And the Lord said to this little church through one of those missionaries, which wasn't Brett, by the way, one of the other ones from Melbourne or Australia, he said, he said through them, I'm very pleased with Freedom Church. And I wonder, because we're not no huge entity, but God said, I'm very pleased. And that means, that's encouragement to us, and it's encouragement to you to know that just because you're smart of, part of a small church doesn't mean that God isn't well pleased with the performance of, of the church and the people within the church. So keep working hard, because your reward's not here. It's in heaven. And I gave you that missionary story about that. I'm going to review it real quick. The, the missionaries were in Africa for over 40 years. They were returning home. They were retiring. They had very little money. Their health was very poor. And they just happened to be on the boat that left Africa with President Teddy Roosevelt as his hunting trip over into Africa. All these people gathered around, and they're, they want to see a glimpse of, of uh, Teddy Roosevelt and um, and the missionaries are getting, the missionary man was getting upset. He said, this ain't right. This guy gets all the glory. He's just a president of the United States. We spent 40 years in a mission field, and nobody's here to say goodbye to us. So they're on the boat, people on the boat on the way to America, to New York. The people are gloating over President Teddy Roosevelt, nobody said hi to them. They finally reached New York Harbor, and out here there's a big band waiting for President Teddy Roosevelt. And the poor reporters were there. The TV cameras were there if they had them back then. And they were making this big fuss over, over Teddy Roosevelt. Missionaries, they felt very left out. They were in poor health. They didn't have much money. They found a cheap apartment on the east side of New York. And the husband was really upset, and he said, Honey, I just can't take any more of this. I just don't understand it. Why? He gets a big fanfare, and we get nothing. Nobody even showed up to greet us. And the wife said, Honey, why don't you go to the bedroom? Why don't you pray and ask God this question? 
So he goes to the bedroom, and just a few minutes later, he comes out of the bedroom, and she has a big smile on his face. And, and, and uh, his wife noticed. She said, Honey, what, 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 what did the Lord say? What did the Lord say? He said, Honey, it was like as if I felt the Lord's hand on my shoulder. And he said, But you're not home yet. See, we're, our pilgrimage is on this earth. We're not part of this earth anymore. When you were born again, you were born again into a new kingdom. We even sang it today. You know, we were dead. And now we have life. We were dead in our sins. And when we get home, believe me, as part of this lesson today, and just a review, you know, you're going to be rewarded for the things you've done for Christ. So don't get discouraged now. You know, God's, you're storing up great treasures in heaven. I used to, when I was first a young believer, I was taking all kind of flack from my family, you know, and, and my friends because I accepted Jesus or calling me Jesus freak, you know, holy ruler, all those, all those names. They quit wanting to hang out with me. My dad wouldn't even take me with them anymore, anywhere, anywhere anymore. And I went to my pastor, and he said, turn to Luke 6.22. And it says, blessed are you when men hate you and revile your name for evil and, and, and ostracize you, for great is your reward in heaven. Jump and leap for joy. Well, that's what I, we, you know, I believe those missionaries were jumping and leaping for joy, realizing that, you know, they have a reward in heaven, and so do you. But here... Verse 1, I'm just going to do a quick review so we can get with the program because, listen, I've noticed over the years of preaching and preaching, sometimes you have to hit a subject, smack, hit it again the next week, smack, hit it again the next week till you drive it home. Even when you're memorizing Scripture, you know, you have to review it, review it, review it, and review it so that you don't forget it. And then two years later you say, oh, man, what was that verse? And finally, you, it's, it's in here. And you pull it out. While you're witnessing to somebody, there it is. You memorized it and you, you uh, took it in. Well, Paul is displeased with what's happening in Corinth. And he said in first verse, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh, infants in Christ. This letter is addressed to believers. They're not behaving like spiritual people and today people whether you know it or not these people that go to churches and even maybe in this church in their regular life they're not behaving like christians they like the world paul's telling them they're immature there's no growth they're stunted growth they're babies in christ paul's talking to born-again believers but they aren't engaged in ministry they aren't and they aren't witnessing to anybody. They really, really have little fellowship with other saints. They're born again, but they're traveling as first or third-class citizens. You're a first-class citizen. You're in the kingdom of God. And we went on to show you a couple weeks ago, there's three categories of men. There's the natural man. The natural man does not receive the things of God for their foolishness to him. I was telling you, Charles Stanley was preaching this this morning. And he mentioned a verse, anyhow. Their foolishness to him. 
When your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncles, your parents say, you know, you're foolish. No, no. The, God says they're the foolish ones. A natural man don't receive the things of God because they're, they're spiritually discerned. So there's the natural man, the, the ones that's not born again. He's not going to heaven. He's dead in his sins. Then there's the spiritual man. That's the one who, who uh, walks in the spirit. He himself is appraised by no man, but he has the mind of Christ. He's the spiritual man. Then there's the carnal man. And the carnal man, he knows the things of God, yet in, an ins in, a, in a significant way, he's characterized by his flesh. He knows the things of God, but he's, his actions show that he's fleshly. And that's what Paul is telling the Corinthian church. He's telling them, you're, you're, you're babes in Christ. I should be feeding you steak and potatoes, and today you're still drinking milk. And I'm, I should be able to give you steak and potatoes, but you're not even ready to receive it yet. So if we evaluated ourselves today, which would you classify yourself to be? Natural, spiritual, or carnal? You know, the carnal man, born again, he's going to get to heaven. But he's not going to have any crowns or very few rewards are going to be given to him. He's going to squeak by heaven. I squeak by his teeth into the kingdom of heaven. The reason why he's carnal is because he's lukewarm. And I mentioned last week, if you had a cold stove, a fly can land on it. It has no problem landing on it with no problem. If you... If you take the stove up till it's lukewarm, he'll still sit on that, that stove. But if you're on fire, that fly ain't going anywhere near that stove. So that's what God's saying. I don't want you lukewarm people. I want you red hot and on fire. And if you're on fire for Jesus, you know, those flies, those enemies of God, like the devil, he sees the flame of fire on you and he takes off in, in, in another direction like the bat out of hell that he is. Because you're on fire. And that's what the Lord tells us to do. You know, he says, I don't want to be lukewarm. I want, if you're lukewarm, I'm just going to spit you out of my mouth. Well, the King James says vomit, which is forcefully. He's going to forcefully be dis disappointed in you. Verse 2 says, I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, and you're not able to receive it. And Paul's saying right in the next sentence, indeed, even now you're not able to receive it. He said, I gave you the basics, and that's where you stayed, in the basics. And a lot of people and Christians are in the basics of Christianity. We need to grow up in the Lord. They're Sunday Christians. They're not ready for deeper food. I was encouraged when Ray and Claudia were here, and now they moved to New Hampshire, and sometimes they watch because they're finding a church. They are watching, as Liz is telling me right now, up in New Hampshire, and, uh, you know, they encourage me. Without me saying a word, Ray, who makes T-shirts, okay, he comes up with a, a church with Freedom Church on the back and, and a, little dig, a little thing up here that says, Freedom Church, digging deeper. Digging deeper. And that's what we try to do here. I try to go for the gold nuggets in the Word of God, whether you're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, to see the gold written there, you know, that's why I did the, 
the, uh, the scarlet thread of redemption a few weeks back. It made me, I didn't have to say a word. He knew that we were digging deeper into the Word of God. Because I'm a teacher, and I could preach, and I'm always asking people to come to Jesus. Very few ever come up, but some do. And God says he's pleased with what we're doing, so I'm happy about that. I could tell you he's pleased with us because two and a half years ago, they were trying to throw us out of here, and here we are. They went down, and we came up. We're still here. So God's pleased with us. Thank you, Lord. Let us keep up the work, whatever it is that we're doing. Some people, I told you last week, they followed Jesus from a distance like Peter. He followed Jesus into the court of the, the high priest when he was, when he was arrested. And he was following Jesus from a distance. If you're following Jesus from a distance, you're lukewarm. You're lukewarm. Then Peter finds out, you know, they're taking Jesus to other places, and he begins to warm himself in the enemy's fire. So now he's, he's in the enemy camp. Once you follow Jesus from a distance, it's very easy to go into the enemy camp. And finally, the third step you know, the little girl acknowledged, he says, surely you're, you were with him because your accent gives you away since you're a Galilean. And Peter began to cuss and swear and went away weeping. You know why? Because he was becoming like them. He wasn't following them, Jesus from a distance anymore. He was fellowshipping with them over the fire. And then the next thing you know, he's cussing and swearing. He's becoming just like them. That is not the kind of Christian God's looking for. You need to learn from Peter's experience. Paul says in the next verses, you know, the reason why you're carnal is because there's jealousy, which causes division, and there's envy and there's strife within the church. And because of that, you're carnal. So if you see jealousy, envy, and strife in a church, you're the, those people are carnal that are, that are participating in it. You don't want to be carnal. You want to be spiritual. Here's how you solve that problem. And I had five or six points last week, but I'm going to just say one word. Forgiveness. Forgive. And that will solve your problem, and you will not be carnal anymore. They might. We're called to a higher standard, to forgive. You know, it's easy to find fault with men or women that are sinners. It's hard to dig out the good stuff in some people. But, you, you know, it's easy to pick the sin out of somebody. You might hear them take the name of the Lord in vain. You might look at their shaky business deals. Who knows? They're arguing over this. Well, I'm, I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Paul. And Paul's there like, what? Did Paulus die for you? Did Paul die for you? No, Jesus died for you. Get off the program. You're not of Paul. You're not of Billy Graham. You're not of Charles Stanley. You're of Jesus Christ. Any soldier of Christ, and saints are soldiers, any soldier of Christ, okay, does not, Get entangled in the worldly affairs if you are in active duty. Are you on active duty and not getting entangled up in the affairs of this world? And then we sang it today. Paul was saying to these 
people, you're just not of Apollos, and you're not of Paul. If you're going to boast in anything, boast in the Lord. That's what we even sang that today. Paul's telling them in a, in a close way, don't boast in us, boast in the Lord. I planted, Apollos watered, but God's the one who gave the increase. But God, you and me are instruments in God's kingdom. That's it. We're instruments. Some of us are instruments of, of gold and silver and precious stone, and some of us are made of wood, hay, and stubble. He, then he goes on in verse 8. We're coming to where we're going to get into our study today. Then in verse 8, he says, Now he who plants and he who waters are one. That means you're one. You're doing the same job. I mentioned one time Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra went back to uh, Israel, and they were going to rebuild the, the temple and the, and, the, and the walls of Jerusalem. And uh, Ezra was so upset that the people there married heathen women, that he began to pull out his beard. Well, Nehemiah came back a few years later, and he found out the same thing, and he began to pull out their beards instead of, like Ezra, pull out his beard. Who was right? Both. You know why? Because the object is, for, is repentance. And they all repented, no matter which way it was done. The object is repentance. You can do what you want in the Lord. You're planting. Somebody else is going to do what they want. But the goal is repentance. And it's the Lord who brings them to that place. He's the one that tells you, each one will receive a reward, but it's going to be according to your labor. So if you spent 15 years witnessing to somebody, and here comes a preacher, you take them to church, and he leads them to Christ at the altar, you know what? You're going to be rewarded according to your labor. Who labored harder, the guy who led them to the Lord or the one that was praying for him and witnessing to him for the last 15 years? God's going to reward you accordingly. And you can bet your bottom dollar God's rewards are just. They're just. This missionary was getting all tangled up in the affairs of this world. They moved out of the mission field, and now they were AWOL from the Word of God, absent without leave. They got entangled in the affairs of this world because in Africa they were soldiers, and the boat they became complainers. And God had to show them, you're not home yet. And same with us. You've done a lot of work for the Lord. I know people here have been saved for 50 plus years, and your rewards in heaven, and it's going to be great. What's the secret to planting and watering success? I'm going to use the words of G. Morgan Campbell. G. Campbell Morgan, I'm sorry. Work, work hard, work. Or how about Churchill? Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Fight until the end. Here's where we start. I don't know what, did Liz name this on the internet? What did you name it, honey? The three? 
I had two names for this study coming up, and that was just a review of two weeks ago. I had two, two titles for this. One was Petra, the Rock Mountain. And I thought, you know, what's really catchy is the three little pigs. The three little pigs. That's the title of this message. And you'll see why as we move on. Here's verse 9. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. God uses different kind of people, just like I told you, Nehemiah and Ezra. They were different kind of people. One hurt himself, the other one hurt them. But the goal was repentance, and these people repented. It doesn't matter how it's done as long as it's done. I remember years ago, you know, I, I, we had bought some Bibles. I was in charge of distributing Bibles into the hotels and, and into the rooms and stuff like that in the area. And, uh, and uh, the mailman came in with boxes of Bibles, and the pastor was there. And, the past, and he said, what's all in these things? And he says, Bibles? And he began to, to uh, lead, lead this UPS driver to the Lord. And he, he came to the Lord. Him and his wife came every week to church for years. But he led this, this worker to the Lord. And in one of the classes I was teaching, he came out. This UPS guy said, I didn't like that. One time when I was in a store, this girl behind the counter told me, unless, you know, unless I receive Jesus, I'm going to hell. He said, that turned me off. I said to him, listen, if she didn't tell you that, do you think you would be in heaven, you know, being a Christian right now? And he thought for a little while, and he said, no, I guess you're right. See, God used her just as much as he used somebody else. Some people need to be bold. Some people need to have that direct punch in the face, if I can say it that way. Ezra punched himself in the face, and Nehemiah punched them in the face, and they both re all repented, which is great. That was the whole object of the thing. Listen, you're God's fellow workers. You're in God's field. Quit complaining about the way somebody else does it. You complain about the kid on the street corner preaching the gospel. The ladies on the, on the street corner up here holding Jesus loves you. I toot the horn at them. Just to thank them for, for, for being bold like that, to preach the gospel. Listen, we cannot work without God, and God refuses to work without us. We have a part to play. We even sang it today. Matt's songs were right on target with this message. We sang it today. God wants our participation. No, let me rephrase that. God needs our participation. You say God doesn't need us. Yes, he does. He has made a, a, a command to us to go and make disciples. He didn't send the angels out to do it. He sent mankind out to do it. See, we can't work without him because it's a co-mission, and he can't he refuses to work without us because he gave us that responsibility to preach the gospel. God wants our participation. He could have used the angels. would have been a better job if he did, but he has his reason, and I'm not going to refute it. Verse 3.10, which is our study here today, along with verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3.10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, Paul, 
like a wise builder, I laid a foundation, and another, referring to Apollos and others, like Apollos, Priscilla, um, uh, and Aquila, probably Timothy. He said, I laid the foundation, another builds on it, but each man must be careful how he builds. Okay, you became, you came to Christ. You are on a solid foundation. A foundation that is so solid, it can't be moved. Now, since you're on this foundation, each believer has the responsibility to build a shack or a skyscraper. Are you building a shack on that solid foundation that can build anything you, that can take anything you build on it? Or are you just building a little shack or are you building a great building to the Lord? It's up to you. The foundation is strong enough and you can build on it. Matthew 18 or 618, I'll read it for you. You know this verse. Also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. You are Peter. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. A lot of people think that the foundation is Peter. The foundation ain't Peter. foundation is Jesus Christ. You know why I could tell you that? You can go to the Hebrew words, or not the Hebrews, the Greek words in the New Testament, and it says here, also say to you, you are Peter. If you went to the Greek, that word is Petros. You know what Petros means? It means a piece of the rock. Petra which is Peter's name, a piece of the rock, Petros, a, a piece of the rock. And then he says, and upon this rock, referring to himself, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. And that rock, where it says rock there, is the word, um, is the word Petra, which is the rock mountain. The church isn't built on Peter. And there may be churches out there that say, we're, we're a church of Peter. No, you're not. If you believe in Jesus, you're a church of Jesus Christ. Peter was just somebody that laid the foundation for you. And I'll back that up with 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses, let's see, 2 through 4. <coughs> And this is what the Jews coming out of the, the Red Sea. And all passed through the sea and were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. And where it says rock there, it's the word Petra. See, Peter's just a piece of the rock just like you and I are a piece of the rock. Jesus is the rock mountain, the solid foundation that we build upon. 
Peter, I'm sure he has great rewards, and so does Paul in the kingdom of heaven. But the foundation is not Peter, it is not Paul, it is not Apollos, it is not, not uh, Aquila and Priscilla, it's not Timothy, it's Jesus Christ, him alone. The same spiritual rock, and that rock was Christ. Both times it uses rock in air, it's the word Petra, which means the rock mountain. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, Now read it. Behold, I lay in Zylon a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that builds on him shall not be confounded. Until you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. And you know it's referring to Jesus, right? And guess what the word rock is in Hebrew? It's Petra. He's a rock of offense. He's a mountain of, of offense. You know, it's better that you trip over the stone than you be smashed by the rock when your life is done. It's a massive rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11 through 13. For no man can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. Listen, Paul's just saying there's no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. It was said in the book of Acts. He's saying right here, there's no other foundation. But there's other ministries out there that say, I saw an angel and he told me to write another gospel. I'm going to tell you what, that is not the gospel of Christ. There is no other foundation. There is no other gospel other than the gospel of Christ. There is no gospel of Joe or gospel of, of uh, Charles or Jim. Or, there's not, none of that. It's Jesus and him alone. The church, the Christian church, and the Corinthian church, Paul is telling them, you're supposed to be built on the cornerstone, the rock mountain, not Apollos and not Paul. He's your Savior. He's your King. I didn't die for you. Apollos didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. No man can lay a foundation. That means no man. Guess how many people does that mean? No man. Nobody can build a foundation. Other than that, it has been built in Christ Jesus. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire tests the quality of each man's work. You're, we're going to be tested. Everything you do on earth, you're going to be tested. I'm going to put it this way. From the day you were born again until now, you will be rewarded according to what you've done for the Lord in that time. I had a saying that I heard years ago, and you probably heard it. You know, soon this life will be past, but only what's done for Christ will last. Did you do it for Christ, or did you do it for yourself? Well, the Corinthian church were doing it for themselves. And that's Paul's going to be rebuking them shortly here. Once a person comes to Christ, he builds, he does build on the foundation of Christ. And the materials written here are wood, hay, or stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stones. 
<coughs> which do you build with, church? Those online, which do you build with? Are you building with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble? Here's what. Do you draw attention to yourself when, when you uh, pray? Do you draw attention to yourself when you fast? Then you're doing it to get your reward down here, and that's called wood, hay, and stubble. You won't be rewarded because you got your reward. There's people that run around and they, they, they say, I'm so generous, I put $100 in the, bo- in, the, in the box today or in the plate that was passed around. They go bragging that they did it. Listen, you just got your reward. If you put $100 in the box that we have because we don't take a collection or you give it over the Internet, you don't need to tell anybody because God has it recorded in heaven. And the minute you start recording it against your precious self, it's erased, I believe. Because you got your reward from men and not from God. So when you, when you build on this solid foundation, are you building for self-attention? Are you trying to impress others? Oh, I'm gonna, I just fasted for 10 days. <gasps> and you act so weak that I want to take you out to lunch and feed you. You just got your reward. You know what? When you fast, keep quiet. Keep quiet. And nobody should know you're fasting. People come to me all the time. I'm going to do a 40-day fast. Listen, I advise you, don't do a 40-day fast. Unless God tells you to. And there's very few people in the Bible or in this world that was fasted for 40 days. After 40 days, your body begins to eat itself. You better make sure that you have God if that's what you're going to do. And if you do that, keep your mouth shut. Because you lose your reward. You want, you want rewards for the Lord, don't you? Or do you draw attention to Jesus? Now, if you're drawing attention to Jesus, then he's the only foundation on which you got. You, how do you draw attention to Jesus? Just by living the life. You don't have to tell him you're fasting because you're, you're talking about yourself. It isn't about self. Christian walk isn't about self. It's about Jesus. Matt even sang it today. I don't care. When in the harvest thing, it's... I don't care if they remember my name. I want as long as they remember your name and you receive the glory, O Lord. That's what it's all about. It's about glory. That was our theme when we went to Brazil a few years ago. They're going to forget our names. I don't even remember their names, not a single one. But I know they remember the name of Jesus. I remember I preached in Rezifi the last night we were there, a big church and most of their church services were at night and and I was up there preaching and a missionary I was finally getting used to the the interpreter and uh and and I I I told him I says listen when we were here preaching the name of Jesus not ourselves I said I said I was praying that the earth would shake just like it did and when Paul and Silas were in a prison and sang I said I told the church I said but that you know what the ground didn't shake, but the gates of hell did. And, man, they busted out in all applause and everything. And, and I'll tell you what, and it was true. The gates of hell are scared to death of a believer who actually believes, who actually is walking, who's actually on fire for Jesus. So take heed how you build, church. Remember the 